Would you put your hands together and give a real good lakeside welcome, Teddy Shuttlesworth. God bless you, Teddy. As you come. Praise the Lord. Is anybody happy tonight? Hallelujah. How many believe this is your year of breakthrough? A few of you did. Praise the Lord. This is our year. I was telling pastor, it's amazing how the Holy Spirit works. I was, uh, I've been catching some of the services on the live stream and uh, I saw that pastor mentioned that this is the year of breakthrough and proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. And uh, I said, it's amazing how the Holy Spirit works coming all the way down now from South Florida, where our home church is in the Fort Lauderdale area. The Lord spoke to our pastor as well at the beginning of last year. And then my father and other ministers that we are connected with, and they all heard the same thing that your pastor heard. And that is that 2018 is the year of the Lord's favor in Jesus name. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to see a greater measure of God's anointing and favor before this year comes to an end. And I'm excited because in already just the first quarter of this year, we've already begun to see supernatural things take place. I'm going to share some of that with you in just a minute, but I have an extreme expectancy for tonight's service. I cannot wait to see what God's getting ready to do for us. I came, I was barely, I mean, Pastor Hal picked me up today and Brock was bringing me over to the church. I was hopping. I already have I was raring to go, you know, it's, it's hard, you know, it's like being, you know, you're like a horse in the gate and, and you, it's, 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 you know, if you start too early, yeah, let me give you a little inside, little inside scoop when you're like a preacher, it's, it's dangerous to start your preparations too early because what happens is it's like, it's like sticking, it's like, here's what it is. It's like sticking a kid on Christmas Eve and giving him four Red Bull and then sticking him in his room and say, Santa's going to be here in the morning. And he just... He just sits there like, I know he's coming. I can hear the, you know, and, and, and if you, if you get started too early, you get a little hyped up. I don't know if anybody's ever seen the Matt Foley skit with Chris Farley, but it's very much like that. Anyway, for those of you that don't know what that is, it, it, it wasn't on TBN. Anyway, so, <laughs> but to give you some inside uh, information about me, where we're coming from, my wife and my children couldn't be with us uh, tonight. We're getting ready to do meetings throughout the month of March up and down the East Coast, and my wife, her name is Carolyn, and uh, it's been amazing. We've been married now, coming up on 13 years. We have three beautiful children. My oldest daughter, Madeline, is eight. My middle daughter is four, and my son is getting ready to be two years old in May, and uh, Teddy the third. And he's, uh, I want you to keep him in prayer, though, if you don't mind. My son, Teddy, he's far from God right now, and... Uh, there's been times I've walked into the nursery at church and found him rolling dice with other babies and <laughs> taking their money. It's been a very, very, very interesting road, but we're believing God's going to anoint him anyway. <laughs> no, it's a blessing to have all my, my, I know he's watching right now, my son, and uh, it's a blessing to have a good Holy Ghost filled anointed family. And uh, I, I always miss him when I'm gone, but we're traveling together full time. And my, uh, my daughters are homeschooled so that my wife travels with me. My children travel with me full time. And it is such a blessing to have my entire family with me on the road the majority of the time. And I'm sure you'll, you'll see them at some point. I want to make a couple of quick announcements before we jump into the word of God. And that is this. We made, we brought a few things, uh, to bless you. And these things are going to really bless you. I was praying just a few years ago. One of the things that really started hurting, I mean, I would feel this in my spirit. You know, the Bible says we have a high priest who is Jesus, 
who is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. You've read that scripture in the book of Hebrews. And I began to be touched in my spirit. I'd be standing at altars just like this, having young people, in the students, you know, anywhere from 11 years old to 18 years old and some in college. And they'd come and stand at the altar and just lift their hands with tears coming down their face. And then they'd lift up their sleeves and show me their arms. And I'd see cut marks going up from their wrist all the way to the elbow. Young people cutting themselves and people that the enemy has lied to them and told them you're worthless and your life doesn't mean anything. You'd be better off dead. Might as well take your own life. Nobody would miss you if you were gone. And if you've noticed this, it seems like that there's been an epidemic of chronic depression that's tried to sweep through our nation. They tell us now that one out of every four Americans takes an antidepressant. It is the number one prescribed medication for ages 18 to 44. It seems like the enemy is doing everything he can to steal our joy and to steal our peace. Well, if you know the word of God, you'll know that it's not because he just wants to take our laughter away. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. The reason the enemy comes after our joy is really he's coming after our strength. He wants to fight against a weak church, a powerless church. But when the joy of the Lord comes on you, strength fills your body. Hallelujah. And so I began to say, I said, I started fasting and praying. I said, God, give me a word that will bring freedom to these that are battling, these that are hurting. And in fasting and prayer, I began to sit down and the Lord began to download it right into my spirit. And when I wrote my first book and it's entitled Praise, Laugh, Repeat, and it's living in the power of overwhelming joy, how to live in the power of overwhelming joy. This book will bless you from the word of God. How to get it. Now, happiness is an emotion, but joy is a spiritual element. Can you say amen? And this book will bless you. We've already had testimonies come back just from people that have read the book and it has changed their entire life. Do you know you don't need a medication? You've already got a prescription from heaven and it is praise. Can you say amen? I'd like to bless somebody with this book. Who would like it? My friend right here just lifted your hand first. God bless you, man. Receive it, yes. And then along with that, what we did is for people that wanted to go deeper, we came up with a 40-day devotional uh, that goes along with the book, and it allows you to go, even in group study, churches are using it for small groups. It's a wonderful thing that will enhance. We go deeper into the study of overwhelming supernatural joy. Who can I bless with this? Oh, I saw your hands shoot up. Man, that was fast. You are very, very fast. God bless you. And then how many have noticed this? And this is going to blow your mind. I was telling Pastor Howard we were coming back from the airport last night. I just moved last April to South Florida. I lived in Virginia Beach, Virginia for 15 years as an associate pastor. We planted a church there and did the work of the Lord. And then the Lord just called us to South Florida, my wife and I. And we just moved there. And uh, how many have seen that the news about the school shooting in Parkland? How many saw that? Can I tell you something that's crazy? That school is one street over from my house one street over. I came home. I was on the road preaching revivals. I came home to my house and drove past the school. And there's 10 state troopers out there with flashing lights, hundreds of people paying their respects to their lost loved ones, Fox News vans, CNN News vans, satellite trucks everywhere. And it's different when it hits close to home. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but as we come towards the end of time, how many know Jesus is getting ready to come back? 
Jesus Christ is coming back to this earth. And if you study Matthew 24, Jesus said, before I come, you will see things begin to happen in the earth that will be signs of my return. He said, it'll be like uh, they'll be like uh, birthing pains, that the earth is groaning for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars and pestilence and famines. And he said, it'll be like the days of Noah and it'll be like the days of Lot, the Bible says. If you study both of their times that they lived in, do you know what the Bible says? That they were extremely violent times. In fact, days of Noah, days of Lot, God said he looked through the earth and saw the violence and perversion and was sorry he had ever created man. And he said it'll become like that again right before Jesus comes back. And if you look through the world, and it doesn't matter if it's Paris or Brussels or or, or, or Sandy Hook or Parkland or, uh, you know, all these different things, Al-Qaeda and ISIS and Boko Haram and all these terror groups that are trying to attack the world, it seems like the very thing that the Word of God predicted is taking place now. But do you know that even in the Old Testament, that the story of the world should never be the story of God's people? There's something about the blood of Jesus that draws a line in the sand. And God said, even in the book of Exodus, he said, I'm going to do something supernatural for my people so that you'll see a clear distinction between those who belong to me and those who do not belong to me. And when the blood of the Lord Jesus is on the doorpost of your home, then it doesn't matter if the death angel is walking through your town. When he sees the blood on your door, he has to pass over you and go somewhere else. Can you say amen? And it was in the midst of those kind of terror attacks and shootings things we're seeing that I began to pray once again, and God gave me this new book that's called Blood on the Door, The Protective Power of Covenant. Can I just say something to you? That if you have a Redeemer, people who have a Redeemer should not look the same as people with no Redeemer. Oh, thanks for all the shouts. Listen, don't everybody run around the church at the same time tonight. People who have a Redeemer, somebody shout, that's me should not look the same as people who, what does that mean? If I got a savior, I shouldn't look like a sinner. If I've got a healer, I shouldn't look the same as someone who doesn't have a healer. If I've got a provider, I shouldn't look the same as someone who doesn't have a provider. If I have a relationship with a supernatural entity who has his benefits that are afforded to me, I shouldn't look the same as somebody who doesn't have heavenly assistance. And I prayed and I said, God, let me get this into the hearts of men and women. And he began to give me this book, Blood on the Door, how you can be a part of the protective power of covenant. I don't care this opioid thing that's going through America. People are dying from overdoses of heroin and all these other things that are going on. Let me tell you, if you're a believer, it is not your portion to have to go to a crack house and pull your children out of a crack house. It is not your portion to have to go identify the body. It's not your portion to find yourself in the middle of a car crash that takes your family's life. It is. Listen, I tell this to people that aren't even saved. I'll get on the plane. I was on a plane the other day. And I was coming in, and there was a businessman sitting next to me. And I mean, we hit turbulence, and he was white knuckling the seat. I mean, you know, big old guy. He was about three scotches deep, and he was. 
And I said, man, I said, take it easy. He looked at me like I was crazy. I'm sitting there calm, cool, and collected. And I mean, we were hitting heavy turbulence. I said, take it easy. I said, this plane ain't going down. He said, are you the air marshal? (laughs) I said, no, I'm not the air marshal. He said, well, how do you know? I said, the reason I know this plane's not going down is because I'm on it. I said, now I'm a... I said, I'm a man of God. God put me on this plane to go preach his gospel. And God didn't put me on this plane to kill me. He put me on this plane to take me safely to my destination. Jesus said to his disciples, let us pass over to the other side. And if God said we're passing over, it doesn't matter what kind of storm arises. Peace has to be still. Somebody shout amen. You'd have thought he was having a baby. He was over there doing those breathing exercises. He, 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 who? It ain't going down. In fact, if you have this kind of revelation, you understand that God's on your side. If God's for you, who can be against you? The Bible said in Psalm 91, a thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but these things will not touch you. When you get onto an airplane, every other person that's sitting on that plane ought to lift both hands to heaven and thank God you just boarded. Because the fact that you just got in your seat and buckled your safety belt means that the plane cannot go down somebody shout amen i said all that to say we've got a new book in the lobby (laughs) who called out for that you wanted that god bless you i want you to have that be blessed yes along with that we have a study guide that'll take you deeper it's also in the lobby and then the final thing i'll say the number one question we get is traveling around this country the number one without question people come to the altar you know what they ask Brother Ted, if God's so good, why do so many of his children suffer? If God's so good, why are so many Christians sick? I got the question so often, I took four day services and taught for four hours on why are Christians sick and how you can be free. And in these four messages, we outline from the word of God why that sickness and disease are allowed to operate in the body of a blood-washed believer. And how you can be free from all sickness and disease. But not only that. See, because of the fact we're not called to be a prayer project for the rest of our life. We're called to lay our hands on the sick and watch them recover. But see, you have to understand, only changed people can change the world. Only changed people can change. I don't know if you've noticed, going to Detroit, there's no homeless people buying other homeless people homes. Because if they could, they'd buy themselves one first. You've got to be changed before you can change somebody else. And that is why that after you receive a touch from God, the fourth CD is how to minister healing to somebody else. Because every one of us has been called by Jesus and anointed to lay our hands on the sick and watch them recover. Can you say amen? This will be a great blessing to you. Four CDs. I saw that hand go right up. How you can be free and why are Christians sick? God bless you. Receive that tonight. Hallelujah. God's going to touch her tonight as well. Amen. In fact, sister, lift your hands and stand back. I felt the annoyance. I'm going to pray for you. Come stand right here. Lift your hands to the Lord. Give me an usher. You've got an usher here. Usher. The Lord is touching you tonight by his power. Amen. 
And the enemy would say, now I don't know anybody here, this is, this is, everybody looks like a visitor to me because I'm new and I'm enjoying myself already. But the Lord, I hear the Lord say that whatever the enemy was doing to kill you and to take you out, that there was a death sentence he pronounced over your life and over your house, but tonight by the power of the Holy Ghost, God removes the death sentence from your life and I declare that you'll live and not die to declare the fire of God come upon her tonight in Jesus' name. I loose the anointing of heaven into your body and I rebuke every attack of the enemy that has come against you to try to destroy you. Even your peace is restored in the mighty name of Jesus. And I rebuke every agent of the devil that has been sent to cause and wreak havoc in your life. And from this day forward, I command you be free in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Free by the power of God. Receive it. In Jesus' mighty name. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. We have a free magazine. If you'd like to grab it, take one with you home. It's got wonderful. My wife's been writing wonderful faith-building articles. I've been writing articles, testimonies of miracles and things to build your faith. And it's absolutely free. If you'd like to take it and get it every quarter, we send it out absolutely free. And we'd love to send it to your house as well if you want it. We'd love you to have it. You can sign up at the table. Isaiah chapter 10 and verse 27 is where we're beginning tonight. Our Alan Riedel, the page here tonight. Where are you? If you are, raise your, wave your hand at me. Al and Rita. Oh, there you are. Oh, just Al? It's good to see you, buddy. He's a partner with our ministry and drove in. Where did you drive in from? Okay. So that's not far? About an hour. Well, thank you for being here. Would you give him a hand? Make him feel welcome tonight. <laughs> Wonderful man. Praise God. Isaiah chapter 10. We're going to start with verse 27. That's the verse I'm going to read to you. And we're going to go from there and let the Holy Spirit move. I have no notes. Because the word of God is not bound. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm doing my best. So just buckle in. Amen. It's the final night. We've got nowhere else to go. I went out last night to try to get some food and I found a lot of locked doors. So praise God. <laughs> Fathers, we open up the word of God tonight. I pray that every heart would be open to receive your mighty word. Lord, if there's anything that's building a wall around the hearts or minds of people to hinder them from receiving your revelation, remove it tonight. Let us be the good ground that receives the seed of the word and produces much fruit and brings glory to the Father. Now tonight we pray that you'd open up the windows of heaven over this house and pour us out a blessing we don't have room enough to contain. Touch every one of your people supernaturally. Lord, for those that are believing for miracles, those that need healing, those that need deliverance. Father, for those that are believing for household salvation, let tonight be a night that you release a supernatural impartation. And from this night forward, let us never be the same again because of the power of your spirit in Jesus' mighty name. And if you believe it, somebody shout amen. 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 Isaiah 10. And we want to wel welcome everybody that's watching online uh, via live stream. We have a lot of our friends and partners watching as well as those that are connected to the church. God bless you. And let me say this before we read this. Those of you that are watching online, I don't know which camera I'm on, but I want you to stay connected with this service because the anointing has no boundaries. Has no boundaries. I was preaching at a church in Pennsylvania and there was a young girl that wanted to come to the meeting. She was in her teens, like 17. And her mom wasn't saved and said, I don't want you going to that Holy Ghost filled church. You're not going to the revival. You're staying home. I said, what a day we're living in that parents don't mind if their kids go to parties and get high, but they don't want them going to Holy Ghost Church. 
speaks of the time we're living in. She said, I didn't want to be rebellious, so I didn't go. She said, but I went up in my room and locked the door and put the service on Facebook Live. And she said, I sat on my bed and watched the service on my phone. She said, and I had an, she had an issue in her body that had been battling, she'd been battling for about 13 years, I think, something like that. And she said, but when you prayed the prayer of faith, I felt the anointing come right out of my phone on Facebook Live, and I was instantly healed of every attack of the enemy against my life. I want to encourage you, those of you that are watching, there's no limitations or boundaries from the anointing of God. Jesus sent his word, and it healed them. Can you say amen? So the anointing knows no boundaries, and tonight we're all going to receive something supernatural from the Lord. All right, Isaiah 10, 27, the Bible says, It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulders and his yoke from your neck. And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. Hallelujah. And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. Those of you that are here, unless you're Amish, Mennonite, or you've been to one of those areas, most young people have no idea what a yoke is. But if you've ever seen Amish people or Mennonites that are farming or have horses that draw, horse and buggy, uh, or anything like that, you'll understand that a yoke is something that's placed around that animal's neck to get it to pull something for the master. And and if you look at the way that Amish people plow their fields or Mennonites, they'll hook the oxen up or the horses up to that double yoke to pull the plow from behind. And you see those animals out there in the field with their heads down pulling that heavy plow through the dirt to, to, to turn up the dirt and turn up the soil. That yoke is set upon the neck to get it to pull some weight that it really was never created to pull. And see, the issue becomes this, is that when you have a yoke around your neck, no matter what it is, the enemy uses different yokes for different folks. But some people have a yoke of sickness and disease that they're pulling through life like a heavy burden. They'd love to have a good time with everybody else. They'd love to eat the cheesecake at the end of the meal, but type 2 diabetes has them in a place where they can't celebrate at birthday parties, and they can't do things with their grandkids like they want to, and they can't even do what they and they're dragging it through life, and glaucoma sets in, and arthritis. They're supposed to be blood-bought children of God, but the enemy has put a yoke around their neck to get them to pull a weight that they were never created to pull. Others are battling in their soul or their emotions. They're battling depression, anxiety, panic attacks, fear, and they have to go through life pulling with a yoke around their neck a heavy burden through life day after day. Some people don't even know what they're going through. They have to go to school and to work and have to get there and deal with these panic attacks and these symptoms of chronic depression have to take pills to go to sleep, pills to wake up, pills to get through the day, pills have to have a a five-hour energy drink and a Red Bull just to be able to deal with people. And they're pulling heavy weight through life 
that they were never created to pull through life because they're yoked up by the enemy that's hanging heaviness on their shoulders. Other people are yoked up in sin. You know, this generation, many of the people in this generation, it's not alcohol that's got them bound. It's it's not drugs that got them bound. Many of them, it's their Snapchat account that's got them bound. And when they thought they, everybody thinks, oh, they have such a good little church kid right there. And in the middle of the night, under the glow of their covers with their little phone, sending out pictures they never should have sent, yoked up in sin that they have soul ties that they have to deal with now. Because there's issues that have never been addressed. And now, at 13, 13 years old, pregnant, and pulling a weight through life of shame and guilt and sin that they never were created to pull. But Jesus said there's a power that comes from the heavenlies, and it is the anointing of God. And when the anointing comes, it will break every yoke of bondage. It doesn't matter what the devil has sent to destroy your life. I came to encourage somebody tonight and tell you that there's an answer and there's a hope and his name is Jesus and the power of his anointing will break every yoke of bondage from off of your neck. Somebody shout amen. Amen. There's a freedom in the anointing. The Bible says in Isaiah 61, God said, I'll give them a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. So this heaviness... One of the things that allows you to access the anointing is praise unto God. Oh my goodness. I feel the Holy Ghost in here tonight. It's praise unto God. What am I talking about? The Bible says God inhabits the praises of His people. So when you begin to praise Him, it pulls you directly into His presence. And when you get into His presence... The King David wrote in Psalm 1611, in his presence is fullness of joy. Let me ask you a question. Can you be in fullness of joy and fullness of depression at the same time? No. Which means, when I, and, and listen, I have a heart for people, that's why I'm in the ministry. I'm not insensitive. But when Christians that have been in church for 20 years come to me and tell me, Brother Ted, I just need you to pray for me. I've just been battling depression for the last 15 years. You know what they're telling me? That they've spent 15 years out of the presence of God. Thanks for all the shouts. Because in His presence is fullness of joy. And at His right hand are pleasures forevermore. And see, when we get into His presence, doesn't matter how you do it, if you praise Him, if you pray, if you begin to read His Word, however you get into His presence, when you get there, there's fullness of joy in the presence of God. And one of the things we battle through this generation is information overload. Because it's so wonderful to have all the information that we have now on the phone. No, it's not. It's not. Because the Bible says in Mark chapter 4, <laughs> I don't know where that voice came from. Anyway, <laughs> the, the Bible said in Mark chapter 4 that there are four types of ground that the word fell upon. One of those types of ground, Jesus referred to as thorny ground. And he said thorny ground is the type of people that they hear the word and receive it with gladness, but all too soon the cares of this world grow up and choke out the revelation of God's word. And see, if we're not careful, we can allow information overload to come in and govern the way 
way we live. Did you hear what's going on in North Korea? Did you hear what's going, did you see the Bitcoin price fell $9,000 in one day? Did you hear what's going on with the economy? Did you see what's happening in Wall Street? Have you heard what the president tweeted? And people are so caught up in information overload that it chokes out the revelation of God's word in their life. And they begin to make decisions based upon what's going on in the natural realm rather than what's going on in the supernatural realm. And let me encourage you, as we sang a moment ago, there's a woman in the Old Testament who couldn't even have children. But when the prophet spoke to her, he said, you will have, and by this time next year, you'll hold a child in your hands. When that time came, she gave birth to that son. He was out in the field working later on, and he grabbed his head and said, my head, my head, and died right in the field. She took that son that was promised to her by God, put him in the prophet's room, and went to find the anointing and bring it back to her house. And on the way, she encountered people who tried to get the true story out of her. How things going? How things going? How things going? She could have stood there and said for 20 minutes, well, you know, just wanted to tell you privately in conversation, son just dropped dead in the field. But God, hallelujah. I just want you to keep me in prayer. Did you ever notice that? The people get like, there's like a religious face you can get. There's a religious face that, let everybody, that lets everybody know, number one, you're struggling. That's when like. And then there's that other religious face when you really sense an anointing in the room, but you have to make a face like something stinks real bad. You're like, she didn't do anything religious. People came up to her. How's it going? You know what her answer was? It is well. It is well. It is well. Somebody could have, that knew behind the scenes, they could have said, but I thought your son was dead. Guess what? It is well. Because I don't declare out of my mouth based upon what I see in the natural realm. My declaration comes from what I know to be true in the supernatural realm. I'm not going to sit here and begin to cry because things don't look stable in the natural world. Because I'm not a member. I am not a citizen of the natural world anymore. I'm a citizen of heaven and everything stable in heaven so I came to tell somebody tonight whatever the devil tried to tell you that you weren't going to make it that you'll never get out of the mess that you're in that the sickness will never leave your body I came to encourage you tonight that don't look at the natural realm get your eyes fixed on things above and the anointing will break every yoke of bondage if you believe it shout amen the anointing. Hallelujah. Is there anybody that can maybe bring me a small towel? I'm Pentecostal. Hallelujah. <laughs> means I sweat. Either that or I'm just way out of shape. Anyway, I want to show you something. When the anointing comes on you, it changes everything about you. When the anointing comes upon you, it changes everything about you. You know, it's a, it's a dangerous thing to get into a place where we're too smart to value the anointing. That's where the many, in our generation, many churches are headed in that direction. They think they can have church growth because of a podcast. 
Well, brother, I got a really good podcast I've been listening to. And I'll tell you, we've been gleaning some principles. Good. Because what happens is, if you're going to build a church or a Christian life based on business principles, you'll have a corporation with no power. Thanks for the shouts. Let me go a step further. Sometimes we advertise. Now, I don't, I don't know anything about this church. I would never say anything neg- negative. But I'm talking about I've traveled all over the world. I've seen lots of different things. Many times we advertise so that we can get visitors things that aren't even supernatural. Come to our church. Brother, we got great coffee. Oh, come to our church. Let me tell you, some wonderful muffins in the lobby. <laughs> and you know what the other, come, we have great lights and fog on the stage. Now, let me, let me break this down because here's the deal. I can go to other places that will have better coffee. I'll take it. Thank you. I can go to other places that'll have better coffee and better muffins than church. I can go to other places that'll have better smoke and better lights than church. I can go to, brother, let me tell you, boy, do we have a singer. I can go to places where there will be better singers than church. But let me tell you, if I need a coffee, I can go to Starbucks. If I need a light show, I can go to Universal Studios. If I need a singer, I can go to Broadway. But if I need a miracle, there's only one place I can come. Starbucks ain't going to give me a miracle. Universal Studios ain't going to get me a miracle. Broadway shows aren't going to get me a miracle. But when you come into the presence of the Most High God, there's something going on at this altar that's not going on anywhere else. And it is the yoke-breaking anointing of the Holy Ghost. It is the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead 2,000 years ago. And He's here tonight to quicken your mortal body. If you believe it, shout aloud, Amen. When the anointing comes upon you, it makes you different. I said it makes you different. The Bible says that when David was chosen by God to be the next king of Israel, he said to Samuel the prophet, go to Jesse's house and find him there. I've chosen a new man to be the king of Israel. So the prophet grabs his little container of oil because you got to anoint the new king. And travels to Jesse's house, gets there, and when he gets into Jesse's house, Jesse himself had eight sons. Now Samuel didn't know which son it was going to be. And so when he gets to the house, Jesse had called in only his seven oldest sons and left David out in the field. I speak to, he didn't even believe in his son. Think about this. Jesse didn't even believe in David. Because that shows you when he heard, hey, the prophet's coming to your house to anoint the new king. He said, well, David's not really king material. That's what he was saying. Or else he'd have called him in too, wouldn't he? But he only called the seven oldest ones. And Samuel got in there and started looking. There's a strong looking, handsome young man. Got to be him. Lord said, it ain't. Got to be him. Got to be him. Nope, it's not. It's not. And he said, Jesse, don't you have any other sons? Well, you know, I do have one other son, but... You know, he's out in the field, he's got his little, you know, messenger bag and moleskin journal, and he's writing psalms, he's wearing toms, he's got a little Jewish afro, and he's a hipster. If you want to know the truth, Samuel, he's a hipster. We don't really want to bring him around here. 
He said, go get him and bring him into the house and we will not sit down to eat until he gets here. You know why you don't sit down? Because you don't sit until the king comes in the room. And David came walking in and God said, this is the one. And the Bible says Samuel stood in front of him and took the horn of oil and anointed David from head to toe with the oil. And in 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 13, the Bible says when Samuel anointed David that day, that from that day forward, the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David. David was a nobody until he got anointed by God. He was just another shepherd but the moment he got anointed in less than one chapter he'd gone from a field smelling like sheep into the courts of King Saul playing his harp and the anointing had come so strong upon him that when a demon spirit troubled King Saul's mind and he began to have issues of the mind David Bible didn't say he didn't have to sing. He didn't even sing anything. He just began to play on the harp. And just the anointing coming through his fingers into the harp sent out a shockwave of anointing that drove every demon out of the room and caused Saul's mind to come back to peace. When the anointing comes on your life, it makes you different. It takes you from where you are and puts you to where God's called you to be. The anointing is an accelerant. I said the anointing's an accelerant. For those of you that aren't particularly outdoorsy and need a Duraflame log to start your fire, you'll know what an accelerant is. <laughs> those of you that think you start a bonfire by just throwing a bunch of logs in a pile and squirting them all with lighter fluid. An accelerant. Something... <laughs> Something that causes you to catch fire quickly. Somebody say, catch fire. fire. Say it again, catch fire. fire. Shout it again, catch fire. fire. The anointing's an accelerant that causes you to catch fire quickly. And when you catch fire, you begin to blaze in the supernatural realm. And when you do, things have to start responding to you differently. Oh my goodness. Do you know Jesus himself was the son of God from the moment he was born through his whole life? How many believe he was the son of God at five years old? How many believe he was at 17? 25? But let me tell you something. It wasn't until he turned 30 years old that the son of God produced one miracle. There were no miracles in the son of God's life till he was 30. You know why? Because that was the age that he came walking down to the shores and saw John the Baptist and said, baptize me in water. And John dunked him under the water. And when he came back up out, the Bible says the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit descended like a dove. And God spoke and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And from that moment, the Bible says in Luke chapter four and verse one, and he was led into the wilderness full of the Holy Ghost. After 40 days of fasting and prayer, Luke 4.14 says, and he returned in the power of the Spirit. That shows you that fasting and prayer will allow you to activate the power that's on the inside of your spirit tonight. And see, when Jesus came back out, we read the description of what happened to him after 
the anointing from heaven was poured on his body. In Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, the Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for the Lord was with him. Something happened to Jesus at 30 years of age that had never happened to him before. The anointing of heaven had come upon his body, and it took him from being a natural carpenter to being a supernatural wonder. I can't stand going into somebody's office and seeing a sign on their desk that says, my boss is a Jewish carpenter. Jesus ain't a Jewish carpenter. He's the king of kings, and he's the Lord of lords. He's the provider. He's the healer. He's the baptizer. He's the soon coming king. He ain't making rocking chairs in heaven. He's making intercession for you and preparing a place for you to come. He is the Lord of heaven and earth. And the Bible said that John got expelled to the isle called Patmos where he received the revelation of God and wrote the book of Revelation. And he said, I heard a voice who was speaking to me. And he said, I didn't know who it was, but I turned around to see who's speaking to me. I want you to see what the anointing does to you tonight. See, I don't have a baby Jesus living in my heart. I don't have a baby in a manger living inside me tonight. I don't have a little boy asking questions at the temple living on the inside of me. I don't have a 30-year-old making rocking chairs with his hands somewhere in Nazareth living on the inside of me. I'll go a step further. Hear me. I don't have a Jesus on the cross living on the inside of me. I see people, got they got necklaces on, and they got Jesus hanging on the cross on the necklace. I said, bro, you got an old version. i got to buy you a new one. That's outdated because he ain't on the cross anymore. He got off the cross. He's not on the cross. He's off the cross. He's not on the cross tonight. He's off the cross. Look, I don't even have, I don't even have a Jesus in a tomb wrapped in grave clothes. Living on the inside of me. I'll take it a step further. The Jesus they saw when he was raised from the dead and began to walk around the earth and began to sit and have meals with them and came through the wall and walked on the road to Emmaus. That ain't the Jesus that's living on the inside of us tonight. You got to see him like John saw him. He said, I turned around to see who was speaking to me. And I saw a man whose hair was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were a flame of fire. And out of his mouth, came a two-edged sword and his skin was bronze like it had been refined in a fire and his voice thundered like many ocean waves. John saw Jesus in glory and in power. I don't have a dead Savior. I have a risen glorified Savior. I've got a Jesus that can raise the dead. I've got a Jesus that can cast out devils. i got a Jesus that can heal the sick a Jesus who is power somebody shout amen Amen. that's who's on the inside of us tonight the same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead it didn't just dwell in Jesus it dwells in you (laughs) and he now 
quickened. Now, see, I grew up in the Assembly of God Church, and we used to only read from the King James Bible. Because that's the one Jesus used, and if it was good enough for him, it's good enough for us. But (laughs) some of you have junior Bible quiz, and I was a Royal Ranger. I want you to know something. If you want to know something about my credentials tonight, who's standing before you ministering the word? 1993 Royal Ranger of the Year. You're looking at it. Praise God. Holy. That was just for the Potomac District, but. Oh, my God. But when the anointing comes. See, when the enemy comes in like a flood and tries to come in when I'm feeling my lowest and says, you shouldn't even be in the ministry. You shouldn't even be doing what you're doing. I say, look at the plaque, devil. I was Royal Ranger of the Year 93. (laughs) Who you think you're talking to? I got every badge. I got woodworking. I got, listen, I was the Pinewood Derby King. You don't want to mess with me, devil. Who do you think you're talking to? The anointing changes you. But we used to use that word in the King James to quicken. Your mortal body. We don't use that word now. You know, he didn't pick me up from the airport, brother. How I said, "How you feeling today?" I feel quickened, brother. <laughs> Nobody speaks like that. But when you look that word up, you know what you'll find: that the word "quicken" in the original Greek language means to startle or to make alive. To startle or to make alive. Those of us that were dead in our trespasses and in our sins. He came and raised us up to new life and quickened our mortal bodies by the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. As an evangelist, you know, as you're traveling around, sometimes you'll wake up in the middle of the night in a hotel room. It takes 10 minutes to figure out what city and state you're in. You're trying to remember. You're in a stupor. And I remember I was with my family one time. And as I was... uh, you know, many of us now, we don't have night lights or we don't have flashlights. We just use our phone. If we have to go somewhere through the night, we're, by the light of our phone, we're going. And uh, I was in a hotel and I had my whole family with me. And I had to get re- I was going to the restaurant. I was in the middle of the night. I woke up out of a dead sleep, got my phone, turned on the flashlight. And I was headed toward the restroom at the front of the hotel room. And when I got out to where the, the front area, the entrance to the room and the bathroom, there was a big old guy standing in our room, middle of the night big old guy and I, I'm telling you I was dead asleep I was in a sleepy state but when I saw that big old man with my kids in there my wife in there I saw that big old guy I went out of a dead sleepy state and I was quickened and I felt adrenaline flow through this body and I drew that fist back with all the power that I had I learned how to swing and go when you use the hips you got to use the whole body man and I pulled that fist back, and I went to throw that punch. And right as I went to throw it, I remembered that our bathroom door had a floor-to-ceiling mirror. I'm like, who is this chubby guy standing in my room, coming in here with my kids and my family? Now I'll knock you out. I was looking at myself. And I realized at that moment... I was dead and sleepy and overtired, but then I got quickened in a hurry. I felt life shoot through my body. And you know, after that, it takes you a good 40 minutes to go back to sleep because you're all pumped up and ready for war now, man. I'm shaking in the day. My wife, what's wrong with you? Just go back to sleep. I feel, 
what in the world is going on? I got quickened. And see, that's the same thing that happened. The enemy tries to come in and tries to take this flesh and tries to come against this flesh. But there's something on the inside of you called the anointing. And that same anointing that raised a dead, lifeless man who was decomposing in the grave back to life is the very same anointing that's living on the inside of you tonight. People come to me, you know, it's very funny. People will come to me. I'll pray for everybody in the church. We'll have an old-fashioned prayer line. We'll line them up around the church and lay ones on another, one after another, laying hands on people for healing, miracles, whatever they're believing for. And after I've laid hands on everything in the church, including any mice or anything that moved, after everybody's done getting prayer, it never fails. You always have a few people that stay around the altar. Brother Ted, I just like some special prayer. And I'm thinking to myself, I just prayed for 500 people. And I'm thinking to myself, how much more special do you want my prayer to be? But what I found out after all these years of traveling is, it's not that they want special prayer. They just want an opportunity to tell you what's wrong with them. They want to read you their diagnosis so you know how serious the problem is. Hallelujah. And I politely tell them. See, I used to take time and explain. But now I just flat out tell them. You understand, I have no medical degree. So you can read me the names of your diseases. You can tell me the Latin origins. You can tell me the symptoms. You can tell me the names of the medications you're on. I'm going to pray the same healing prayer then that I did five minutes ago at the altar. Because not only do I not know what they mean, I'm not the healer. Jesus is the healer. I'm just a vessel that he uses to bring healing back to you. (laughs) I took it a step further now. I I like to really get people now. So you know what I'll say? I'll start doing this just to get this point across. See, you got to get this point across. They'll come to me and say, Brother Ted, I just want to let you know. The doctors have told me my kidneys are failing. I'll say, oh, really? Well, guess what? Jesus' kidneys had completely failed. They'll look at me. Well, Brother Ted, I just wanted to let you know. The doctors have said I've got high blood pressure. Oh, yeah? Jesus had no blood pressure. They say I've got a heart condition. Jesus' heart stopped beating. They're saying it's arthritis. Jesus was paralyzed. What I'm trying to get across to you is nothing you're going through is worse than what Jesus had. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, brother, they say my eyesight's going. I got glaucoma. Jesus was blind. Jesus was deaf. Had no brain activity. He was laying in a grave and his body was decomposing. The same was true for Lazarus. Bible said that his family didn't even want to roll the stone away because he'd been dead so long he stunk. His body was so decomposed after four days that he stunk. And they said, we don't want to mess around with it. But if you get into this, that's really the issue the devil uses to keep you out of the anointing. When God's saying, roll away the stone, you're trying to say, no, my issue stinks too 
bad. I don't want anybody to see what I'm going through. I don't want anybody to know what I'm dealing with. So we'll just keep that thing closed up behind the stone. But Jesus said, huh, I came here to raise you back to life. Get the stone out of the way. I don't care what it smells like. I don't care what it looks like. I came to speak a word of life into that dead body and let the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead raise you up as well. Somebody shout amen. Woo! I feel the Holy Ghost in here tonight. Thank you, Jesus. I said, thank you, Jesus. I was preaching in Rochester, New York, not long ago. And uh, I was on the platform getting ready to close the service. Getting ready to go back to the keyboard, lead a song, dismiss everybody. And as I'm going, everybody was around the altar. I saw a woman over here, had her hands raised, eyes closed, but I could tell she was blind. She had the big glasses on, had the cane, white with the red at the bottom. I knew she was blind. Didn't take a word of knowledge. And I heard the Lord say to me, just walk over. He didn't say pour oil on her, slap her with a prayer cloth or, you know, spin kicker. (laughs) I don't have to do any Jacko moves. I just walked over. She said, he said, touch your hand. And tell her my presence is on her. That's all I told you. So I just obediently walked over. Just touched her hand. I said, the Lord said his presence is on you. When I touched her hand, I mean she fell out in the Holy Ghost. I'm talking like violently fell out. And I knew it was the Holy Ghost too. It, it, uh, you go to a lot of these Pentecostal and charismatic churches. You're not sure half the time. I'm not talking about one of these courtesy falls where people check see if there's an, Make sure there's an usher there. I'm not talking about that. No, no, I mean, she was blind and buddy, she went out hard and that there's about that much carpet. She went out cement. Boom. I mean, she hit, I said, that's either the Holy ghost or a lawsuit right there. She was out and she's on the ground. Power of God's on her. I went back to the keyboard, got ready to start leading a song and dismiss the service. As I did, she jumped up off the floor and started running back and forth across the altar. And she's shouting, she's shouting something. And we can hear, but people are clapping all this. Pastor said, hold on, let's get her testimony. And when we quieted everything down, we could hear her shouting. She was running back across shouting, I can see, I can see, I can see. We still had the frontline singers on the platform from the praise team. She grabbed the microphone to give her testimony. And she went down the front of the front of the, the platform. She said, red shirt, green shirt, blue shirt, yellow shirt. And she started reading off the colors of their shirts. The church had a clock in the balcony, a digital clock. She turned around from the altar all the way back to the balcony. She said, I can read the clock. It says 943. And she started reading the time. I mean, the place broke loose. But let me tell you, it's the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. When the anointing comes down, doesn't matter if you're blind, doesn't matter if you're crippled, doesn't matter if it's arthritis, type 2 diabetes. If the anointing is here, the anointing will drive out every yoke of bondage and it'll set you free. Hallelujah. Hey, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I prayed for a guy, a friend of mine, pastor. (laughs) And I was at his church. I didn't know all that was going on with him. I said, pastor, stand. I said, the Lord said he's going to heal you today. And he's going to touch even your blood. Well, I didn't know everything that was going on with him. But I found out later he was dealing with such severe type 2 diabetes 
that his doctor said, you're going to have to stop pastoring the church. His knees were going on him. Now listen to how severe this was. The man was taking, just to eat his meals, taking 300 units of insulin a day. 300 units. Just to eat his meals. Knees were going bad. He was going to have to have knee replacement surgeries, all this other stuff. And God touched him on that Sunday morning. I came back a year later, and he had a big smile. He said, oh, i got to give you a testimony. I said, what happened? He said, I just went, he said, this last week, I was eating my breakfast. He said, I took five units to eat my breakfast. He said, and I did, and I had an insulin reaction in my body. He said, I went into the doctor. Doctor did a whole, did my blood work, did everything, and came back and said, Pastor, what have you been doing? He said, what are you talking about? He said, well, I got to tell you this. He said, I don't know what's been happening to you. He said, but I have to take you completely off insulin because your everything is fine. Pancreas is producing properly. And he said, I, all I can tell you is it's a miracle. I want to tell you. People say, I'm in a bad situation, Brother Ted. I don't know if I'll ever get out of the position I'm in. Let me remind you of who you serve tonight. Let me remind you of who's praying for you tonight. Let me remind you who died for you tonight. Let me remind you who was raised from the dead for you tonight there is a power greater than the power of sickness greater than the power of disease greater than depression greater than addiction greater than sin and that power is here tonight and it is the Holy Ghost the third person of the Trinity and I came to encourage you and tell you to get ready to receive a miracle from the Most High God for Jehovah has the final say Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Jehovah has the final say. I said Jehovah has the final say. See, I have to, in the day and age that we live, I have to kind of specify. Because you can go on Oprah and say, God, nobody knows who you're talking about. Yes, brother, we all believe in a God. (laughs) And there's some that will tell you, Well, we're all serving the same God. We're just coming up different sides of the same mountain, calling him different names. But that ain't the case. I said, that ain't the case. Allah is not God. Muhammad is not a prophet. I don't care that we're being live streamed. I know where I'm at, and I'm telling you, I've been into the heart of Philadelphia that is flooded with an Islamic community. I've been into Buffalo, New York, preached with my father as we set the tent up on the inside of Buffalo, New York with over 170 nations represented in one neighborhood. They all have their own religion. They all have their own God. But I'll stand on those fields in front of thousands of people and sing and preach that Jehovah is the Most High God. All the other gods, they are the works of men. But Jehovah is the Most High God. And there's nobody like Him. As we stand on those fields and sing, can I tell you there's women standing in full burkas with just their eyes showing, but with their hands raised and they're singing on the field, Jehovah, you are the most high until they take the burqa off and come to the altar and give their heart to Jesus Christ. I'll tell you, there's only one true and living God. There's only one true and living. I know this ain't politically correct anymore. I know this seems intolerant to many that still watch the view, but I came to tell somebody tonight that there is one true 
true and living God. And his name is Jehovah. He has a son whose name is Jesus. And that same Jesus that ascended into heaven is getting ready to come back to this earth in like manner. I tell you, it's time to wake up and know Jesus is coming. 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 I'll tell you, he's coming back in the twinkling of an eye, like a thief in the night. I don't know about you, but I'm going to be ready to see him when he comes. Hallelujah. He's loud. I'll tell you, brother Ted's loud. Enjoyed his message. He's just, the volume is just. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't stand here. Give you three points in a poem and send you home. I got something on the inside of me. It's coming out of me. You don't have to teach a rooster to crow. You don't have to teach a preacher to preach. There's something in my belly. I can't shut up. I feel like the prophet Jeremiah. He said, Lord, people want me to sit down and shut up. But every time I do, your word is like a fire shut up in my bones and I'm weary of holding it in. When you know that Jesus is this good, I don't know how you stay quiet about it. I don't know how you keep it a secret. When you know what he can do, how do you not brag on him? (laughs) In this day and age, I'm very adamant about it. I serve a very specific God. His name is Jehovah. Amen. Amen. His name is not Krishna. Not Buddha. Not Shiva. Not Allah. Not Muhammad. It's not some new age theology. His name is Jesus. I don't serve a fat statue in a Chinese restaurant. They can't even get off the fried rice steam. <laughs> no. I serve a risen Savior. I said, I serve a risen Savior. I serve a risen Savior. Let me encourage you as we're closing this. <laughs> See, here's... You really got to realize how real this thing is. Because if you were a Muslim... You could go on a pilgrimage. You could travel to Mecca. They'd roll out the bones in a glass case. You can pass by and look at Muhammad's bones in a glass case. But he's gone. And he's never coming back. Now there's two places where Christians say that Jesus was buried. The Catholics believe he was buried in one location. Protestants believe he was buried in another location. But I want to encourage you to go down to Home Depot, buy yourself a shovel and a plane ticket, fly to both places, and start digging till you're blue in the face. But you ain't going to find any bones, because my Jesus ain't dead tonight. Jesus is alive. (laughs) I said, Jesus is alive. I said, Jesus is alive. I said, Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. 
Jesus was so awesome. He knew I don't even need, look, he said to his disciples, look, don't even buy me a place. Don't even buy me a place to stay in. Just go, go on gravebnb.com. He said, go on gravebnb and just rent me a spot for like three days because I'm not even going to need a whole place to stay for the rest of eternity. I just need to rent somebody else's place to stay. And do you know, Jesus didn't even need the full three days that he prophesied to stay dead. Bible said he died on the evening of one day and on the third day they came early in the morning to see if they could see the body of their savior but when they got to the tomb early early in the morning the stone had already been rolled away and there were people there that were trying to find him but the angel said who are you looking for he's not here he's risen hallelujah I want to encourage you tonight that you serve a God that can do the impossible that can do the incredible Incredible! If you can stretch out your faith, God can do it for you. I said, God can do it for you. When I was growing up in church. I remember we had, had some of the older saints that would get up. I love some of those old songs we used to sing because it's different than it is now, you know. I'm not quite sure about some of the songs we sing in church now. It's like, like a rejected R&B song that you know, didn't work in the world <laughs> that we sing in church, you know. Oh, that sounds good. Just throw Jesus in. It'll be wonderful. Uh, you know, the songs of victory we used to sing. Today, I don't, it's like weird. I always, this is the filter I always put it through. What if there was a first-time visitor who was like a construction-working guy that came into church with calloused hands and stood in the pew and we're up there singing like, Lay your head against my chest. Let your beard nuzzle on my neck. Lay back against me and breathe and feel my heart beat. It's like, dude, I'm out of here. Because this is weird. Straight up weird. <laughs> Hashtag creeper status. <laughs> Nuzzle me up, Jesus. But they used to sing songs like, God's not through blessing you. God's not through blessing you. Y'all remember that song? <laughs> we used to sing some of those old songs. Something good is going to happen to you, happen to you this very hour. Something good is going to happen to you, for Jesus of Nazareth is passing this way. You remember that? We used to do, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Oh, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Remember the chorus? Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as no other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And we used to say, this is all my hope and peace. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Yes, this is all my righteousness. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Come on, say it. And oh, 
is the whole that wine oh no other found I know nothing but the blood of lift your hands my sister the Lord's touching you tonight touching your body bringing you strength you'll not die before your time God's bringing full mobility back to you He's bringing full mobility back to you. Hallelujah. Blood pressure. Your blood's receiving a total touch tonight. Power of God's coming into your body now. The same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead is in you quickening, 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 quickening your mortal body. I rebuke every attack of the enemy against your life and against your body. I command it now. Go in Jesus' name. And I lose healing from heaven into you now. Receive that touch from the Lord now. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let's lift our hands all over this place. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the... Y'all sound good. There is power. Oh, wonder-working power in the precious blood. (laughs) And at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. And it was there by faith I received my sight. Oh, and now I am happy. Y'all sound good. Come on, say that. And at the... They're getting down over here. That was 200 years old. Where the burden... Rolled. Yes, it did. It was there. That I received my sign. I am happy. Yes. I mean the anointings here right now. Just lift your hands all over this place. The mighty presence of God. Sister, I'm telling you, that's a touch from heaven. Receive that into your body now. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Jesus, wonderful, wonderful Jesus. He's wonderful. What a Savior. What a Savior. What a Savior. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody thank him. Somebody praise him. (laughs) Hallelujah. I say he's releasing overwhelming joy to you now. Somebody receive your miracle tonight. Oh, yes. My brother Hal, I'll tell you, if you're staying, I'm going to pray for you. The Lord just told me he's given you a good old age that you'll be able to enjoy, enjoy, enjoy these days before Jesus comes. It'll be the greatest days of your life. Greatest days of your life. And a new strength comes into your body. (laughs) A new strength comes into your body. (laughs) A new anointing. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> in the final years, you'll do more than in your former years. <laughs> God will open more doors in your fi- for. Shita robo rate he rishete kamaroto tengriana raze brevete. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. All the way through. And I'll tell you, God is even right now renewing every organ of your body. Renews every organ of your body right now. It's like you're getting a supernatural overhaul from heaven. There's no maker that makes a product and doesn't make spare parts. Amen. Ford makes spare parts. Mercedes makes spare parts. Let me tell you something else. Heaven makes spare parts. And God renews every aspect of you. And I'll tell you, you're going into new strength. New strength. I hear the Lord say over you in the same way that Caleb said, I'm stronger today. (laughs) I'm stronger today than I was when I was 40. I'm stronger today. (laughs) And I'll tell you, this new strength that comes upon you, it's going to blow the minds of natural men. They'll say to the, they'll say to each other, where does he get his strength? Where does he get his energy from? He runs around like one of the young guys. Where does he get his energy from? They're going to be checking your refrigerator for Red Bull, but it ain't Red Bull. It's the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. That's it. That's it. Stand on your feet. Let me give you a word. Lift your hands to the Lord. Does your wife help you in the student ministry? Stand on your feet. Hallelujah. Take two steps forward. For a new anointing comes on both of you tonight. A new anointing to reach this next generation. You're going to see the hurting, the broken, the lost, those that have been rejected, those that have been counted out are getting ready to be renewed by the spirit that is on the inside of you. And God is going to give you a new way and a new method to reach a new generation. A new fire is coming on the inside of you tonight. <laughs> Lift both your hands to the Lord. Here it comes. Fire of God. Come upon him in Jesus name. Fill him up. I commit a new season of ministry and power and anointing to spring forth this night. <laughs> now take a step over here. Let me tell you this. You've prayed. You said, God, there's got to be more. What's the more? I'm looking for the more. I don't want the same old, same old, same old, same old. I want the more. There's got to be more. God said, I heard your hunger. I see your prayers. I see your desire. And now because you've searched after me with your whole heart, you'll find me. And I'm going to give you a fresh and a new anointing tonight. As David said in Psalm 92 and verse 10, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Fresh oil. Fresh oil. (laughs) There's a fresh oil coming on you tonight. A fresh oil comes upon you tonight. And quickly, there will be, uh, God's magnetizing you. Listen to this word. God's magnetizing you tonight. And there will be, look right at me. I'll give you a word. There's young ladies that are going to be pulled to you like a magnet. Those that have committed, uh, had thoughts of committing suicide. Those that are depressed. Those that are hurting. God's pulling them directly to you. And you're going to have that anointing to pull them out and break them free. This is breakthrough year. This is breakthrough year. And this is your new station where God's given you a breakthrough anointing. 
Breakthrough anointing. Lift those hands to heaven. In Jesus' mighty name. <laughs> Fire of the Holy Ghost come upon her tonight. Fresh anointing. Fresh anointing. In Jesus' name. And we declare it. That the anointing breaks every yoke of bondage. Breaks every yoke of bondage. Fire of God come upon him. Breaks every yoke of bondage. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus. Would you lift your hands all over? I'm just telling you. The anointing's in this house right now. The anointing's in this house right now. And I want to be able to minister to you. But I'm just telling you. God's doing something right now for his people. Reach out and take what God has for you right now. The anointing of heaven. The anointing of heaven. The anointing of heaven. In this house tonight. Touching and changing God's people. This lady in the nice black and white shirt. Would you step out here? Let me, yes, come. Let me pray for you. God, with your hands lifted to heaven. God is restoring your joy tonight. Restores and refreshes your joy. And a new peace comes upon you like you've not known in a long time. A new fresh peace. A new fresh joy in the Holy Ghost. Are you the husband? Stand behind her if you would. (laughs) In Jesus' name. When I lay my hands on you, this new joy of the Holy Ghost that overflows out of your spirit comes upon you. A new peace that passes all understanding. It's going to be the most wonderful thing. You're going to sleep and rest like you've never rested in in years. In years. Fire of God come upon her tonight. In Jesus' name. Fire of the Holy Ghost. Receive a fresh touch. Receive a fresh anointing. In Jesus' name. Joy. Joy. Joy of the Holy Ghost. Joy of the Holy Ghost. Come, my sister. Come. Let me pray for you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Praise God. Let's all lift our hands. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Lift your hands to the Lord. I'm telling you what a wonderful anointing is here. Wonderful presence of God. God has the ability to make his children laugh. He has the ability to make his children laugh. Psalm 126, the Bible said, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dreamed. Then was our mouth filled with laughter. Uh, God had blessed them so much, they felt like they were dreaming, and he made them laugh. That's God's word over you tonight, that through the rest of this year, the nine months that remain, he's filling your mouth with laughter, filling your tongue with singing, and you'll laugh your way into a new year. You'll sing your way into a new year. <laughs> You'll laugh your way into a new year. Fire of the Holy Ghost come upon her tonight. Ho, ho, ho. Ro, se, ri, pe, te, ke, he. Fire of God come upon her now. Ho, 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 ho. She, te, ri, ri, amaro, so, to, ho. Hallelujah. You receive that? You receive it? Amen. Fills your mouth with laughter. Fills your tongue with singing. Fills your mouth with laughter. Fills your tongue with singing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh. Do you have uh, children? Are they all serving the Lord? They have a call upon their life, don't they? 
I felt that in my spirit. Are they here tonight? Come on over, three, three of them. Come quickly. Come quickly. It's all right to run in church. Run, run. Look at that. Just stand at the altar right here. Come on, Mom. Come, come, come on. Just come stand face the altar. I'm going to pray for every one of you. Holly, are you one of the ones that's getting ready to go on the trip to Flint? You're one. Are you guys going too? Oh, you're in college now. Lift your hands. I'm telling you, there's an anointing on your lives. God's getting ready to set you on fire and use you as a beacon of light in a dark world. That people will see you burning for miles around. They'll see the fire of God upon your lives. I need an usher or somebody to help me here. I'm telling you, there's, there is, there is a fire of God getting ready to be ignited in your children. The prayers that you have given to God, he said, I've heard your prayers and now I'm answering your prayers. He said, I've heard your prayers. Now I'm answering your prayers. And every one of you, I'm telling you, look at me right now. There is a fresh anointing coming on every one of you. That's an empowerment from the Lord to do great things for the kingdom of God. The Bible says that those who know their God will be strengthened and will do exploits. The word exploits means that they will produce notable achievements. You know what a notable achievement is? When you do something so magnificent that people talk about it when you're not there. He said, did you hear what happened with him? Did you hear what happened with her? Did you hear what God did through their life? Get ready for that. Because the anointing's coming upon you tonight and God's going to use you in a mighty way. Lift your hands to heaven in Jesus' mighty name. Fire of the Holy Ghost come upon him. Let the mighty anointing of heaven fill him up and set him on fire. Fresh anointing. Fire of God come upon her now. In Jesus' name. Fresh anointing. Fire of the Holy Ghost. Fire of the Holy Ghost. Fire of the Holy Ghost come upon her. Step right over here. I want to tell you something. Lift your hands to the Lord. God's saying to you tonight that he's going to begin to give you fresh direction. That you will never wander through life or have to wonder, should I be doing this or should I be doing that? Am I here? Should I be there? I don't know if I should go over there. Do I need to transfer? Is this the better place for me or should I do it here? Should I stay close to home or far from home? I don't know, what. I, but my parents would be more happy if I do this, but I feel like I need to be here. God said, I'm going to begin to speak to you in, in times of prayer and fasting, and you're going to have clarity about your life. You're going to have clarity about your decisions, and it's going to be so wonderful. You're going to have so much joy because of it. No more sleepless nights and wandering and staying up one way in the, oh, should I, I don't know. This is the cons. Here's the pros. No, God said, I'm going to, I'm going to lead you for the steps of a righteous man or woman are ordered of the Lord, ordered of the Lord. Clear, clear. I commanded to come clearly to you within this next two, three weeks as you pray and seek the Lord. Father, open up the windows of heaven over her bedroom, over her dorm room, wherever she's staying. And let the Spirit of God come clearly and begin to give her the answers. For it is time to walk and let steps be ordered of the Lord. Ha, 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 ha. Steps ordered. Oh, you'll never wonder and you'll never wander. You'll never wonder and you'll never wander. Never wonder, you'll never wander. In Jesus' mighty name. Is this helping anybody tonight? Would you lift your hands one more time? I mean, the, the presence of the Lord's here. Wonderful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In just a moment, we're going to pray for everybody. We're going to pray for everybody.
Hallelujah. But I want, I want to pray for you if I can. Can I? Step out if you would. Come out and let me pray for you. Our sister that did such a phenomenal job on the keyboard, if she come back, she could play something. It wouldn't offend me. Hallelujah. There's a difference about you. It's something different. Something different. You have the ability to reach people nobody else has the ability to reach. You have the ability to step in and touch others that other people couldn't touch. And for that reason, God is using you now. And this will be the greatest year that you've ever experienced where God uses you like you've never, like you've never seen. Like others didn't even believe could happen. But it's going to blow the minds of people. You believe that? Amen? You want God to use you, don't you? And I'm going to tell you this. This is going to be a, what we use an old time word, glorious year. It's going to be full of glory. Because when God starts to use you in this way, I'll tell you, there'll be pews filled up with people you're going to bring to Jesus. Pews. Pews. Those that were, I, I see this, those that were struggling, even with addictions, are getting ready to be shaken out of those addictions by the power of the Holy Ghost that's in you. And as God empowers you tonight, see, we're preaching and talking about the anointing of God tonight. The anointing makes you different. The anointing makes you different. The anointing makes you a game changer. That when other people used to stay bound, now the anointing comes in and lets you set free. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has anointed me to what? To what? To preach deliverance to the captives. Deliverance. When the anointing comes upon you, he empowers you to bring deliverance to the captives. One of the breakthroughs we're going to see in this year is that God's going to break open prison doors that are invisible. And those that are struggling with pornography addiction and opioid addiction and cigarette and nicotine addiction, alcohol addiction, soul ties they can't be getting free from. They've tried for years to stay free. They can't get free. Guess what? A breakthrough is coming because the anointing breaks every yoke of bondage. God touches you tonight by the fire of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' mighty name. Fire of God, come upon him. Command you be filled with a fresh anointing. Fresh anointing. Fresh anointing. Fresh anointing of God. In Jesus' mighty name. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Fresh. 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 Fresh anointing. You hear me? I want you to stand on your feet all over this church. I want you to bow your head. Because understand, to receive the mighty miracles of God, to receive the healing of God, Jesus said healing is the children's bread. It's the children's bread. God's children are entitled to his blessings. Do you know there's things parents will do for their children they won't do for other kids? And the God, you know, God is the same way. He does things for his children that are just reserved for his children. I want you to bow your head all over this church tonight. There's people, you're standing in this church service and you know, hear me, hear this preacher tonight. You know that if Jesus Christ came back to this earth tonight, you would not be ready to see him. You know, the reason I take time, hear me, to manifest the presence of God like this is because people need to see that this is real. That Jesus is alive. That this isn't just some religion. 
This isn't just some game. This is life or death. This is heaven or hell. This is your eternity riding on your decision to follow Jesus. People need to understand that Christianity is not like Islam. It's not like Buddhism. It's not like Hinduism. It is a God who can answer prayers. It is a God who's alive. It is a God who wants to help you. It is a God who's provided a way of escape for you. It's a God who's extended a helping hand to his people. But we've got to receive him by faith, what he's done through Jesus. And you hear me, if I could stake my life and my ministry on one fact, it would be this. Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. I promise you. Look, we can see the signs of the times. It doesn't take a Bible prophecy scholar to see that the things that the Bible spoke about are not coming. They're happening right now. When I was younger, we used to actually have world news on the news. Now we just have, you know, what did Kim Kardashian wear on the red carpet and is Justin Bieber going to get out of rehab? But I'm talking about we used to have actual world news. We don't have that today because even the spirit of this world doesn't want people to see what's transpiring across the globe. Because the devil even knows there's enough God in people to see that if they saw these things happening, they say, I remember my grandma talking. Talking about something like that was going to happen. I remember in I remember going to a VBS when I was six years old and hearing a story like that. It's happening now. Jesus is getting ready to return to this earth with a commanding shout. And the dead in Christ are going to get out of their graves. And those of us that are alive and remain are going to be caught up to meet him in the air. But if you wait, it'll be too late. I'm telling you, this is so serious. If you're a young person, if you're an old person, doesn't matter what age you are, your eternity is at stake because Jesus is on the way back. And we don't have time to play games with our future. I have young people that will come to me and say, oh, come on, Brother Ted. i got a lot of years to get involved with church. I want to get out there and have fun and take time. Then when I settle down and get married, then I'll start going to church and get my life right. We don't have time. To wait. We don't have time. I don't know that I'll live to see my 50th birthday. Time is coming to a close right now. Do you you, hear me? Do you realize that the Bible is not a vague book? It's a specific book. When Jesus said at the end of the time, he, he didn't say, you'll see just random nations going against my people. He spoke the nations by name. He said, you'll see Iran and Iraq and Syria and Russia coming against my people what's happening right now it's happening like never before it's happening like never before these things are taking place do you know if you read a bible prophecy book that was written before world war ii the people that were preachers and scholars would say to you Well, when Jesus said that the nation of Israel would become a nation again, he was speaking metaphorically. But then in 1948, on May the 14th, Israel became a nation again. Something that had never happened in the history of time happened in one day. And I'm telling you, Jesus said, the generation 
that sees these things happen will not pass from the earth before my prophecies are fulfilled. And I'm telling you, this is that generation. This is that generation. This, right now, right now, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. And I want every head to be bowed, every eye to be closed, because you hear me. Most important decision you could ever make is choosing to follow Jesus. To make Him the Lord and Savior of your life. If you're standing in this church tonight, you say, you know what? I honestly could tell you, if Jesus came back tonight, I couldn't look Him in the eye because there's things in my life that are wrong. Things in my life that are sinful, and I need to get them out of my life, and I need Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Understand something tonight. He's not just your Savior. He's your Lord. He's your Lord. And in just a moment, I'm going to ask those of you that need to pray this prayer to join me and pray it with me and make all things new. Because I came here just for one night for those of you that need to turn things around. If you're here, you say, Brother Ted, that's me. I know it. If Christ came back tonight, I couldn't look him in the eye. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to go. My life is not right before God. But tonight, I want to pray this prayer with you. And I want to know that all things are made new in my life. I want to know that Jesus is my Savior and that heaven is my home. If that's you and you'd like to pray that prayer tonight right where you're standing, lift your hand and hold it high and I'm going to pray. There, 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 there. I see it there. See it in the back. Over here. I see you. Listen, over here. Listen, take one more step of faith. If you raised your hand, I want you to quickly get out of your seat and come stand with me at God's altar. Come quick, quick, quick. Come now. Come now. If you lifted your hand, get out of your seat and come. Come now. Jesus is calling. Jesus is calling. Jesus is calling. Oh, hallelujah. Key of G for me. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Sing it again. Oh, oh. If you're still in your seat tonight, but you know you need to be at God's altar, I want you to take that step of faith quickly. Get out with these that have come and stand at God's altar tonight and receive Jesus as the Lord and the Savior of your life. Make sure your life is right before God. Come on. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Single precious is the oh that makes me white as sing no other fountain oh nothing people are still coming one more time everybody Oh, precious is the flow that Don't wait for another service. Don't wait for another time. If you need to come, come now. No other fountain. Oh, 
nothing Sing oh precious People are still coming Listen, now's the time Now's the time Quickly, quickly, quickly Come to Jesus Come to Jesus No other fount I know Nothing but the blood There's still others coming Come on, sing it again Sing, oh precious Is the God bless you Oh that White as snow No other found I know singing nothing but the blood of just one last time come on everybody oh precious oh Jesus that white as snow no other found I Oh, nothing but the blood. God's touching people here all across the altar, many with tears in their eyes. That's because Jesus has called them into the kingdom of God. I'm going to tell you, we're going to pray this prayer. Those of you that are standing at the altar, I want you to look at me now. We're going to pray. And people say, well, is it really that easy? It's this easy. Jesus made it this easy. The Bible says, if you'll confess with your mouth, and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. It's not a 21-step process. It's a one-step process. But hear me. After we pray this prayer, the first thing the enemy always does, and this is important for you to know ahead of time, is that he comes to you and he says, nothing changed when you prayed that prayer. You're still the same mess you were before you went to that altar, and that's a lie. Because the Bible says if anybody is in Christ, they're a new creature. Old things are passed away. That means the old life is gone. And a new life has begun. Amen? So we're going to pray. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And as I lead you in this prayer, I don't want you to mumble it. Young people, don't mumble it. Don't say it under your breath. Say it with a bold and a loud voice. And let Jesus know you mean business tonight. And you're never going back again into a life of sin. Are you ready? Pray this with me. Say, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you for sending your son to die for me. I ask you now, forgive me for my sin. Make me new. Give me the power to live for you for the rest of my life. Until I die or until you come. Say this. Say, devil, I'm through with you. Done with a life of sin. Take your hands off my life. Take your hands off my mind. I belong to Jesus. And I'm never going back. In Jesus' name. If you believe it, lift your hands and give God praise and thanks that you're made new. Come on, thank Him. Thank Him. Thank Him. Now, Father, I pray for every one of these, young people, old alike. Fill every one of them with the mighty power of the Holy Ghost. Let them speak with other tongues. Father, empower them 
to do great things for the kingdom of God. Let this be the beginning of something powerful from every life. I thank you that you're keeping them from harm and danger. That no evil thing will come and befall them. We thank you that, Lord, that your hand is upon their life. And they'll never be the same again. Fire of God come upon you tonight. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name. Joy has come. Peace has come. Depression is gone. Anxiety is gone. Fire of God come upon you tonight. Come here. Come here. Step forward. Lift your hands, Lord. God's touching you. In Jesus' name, be filled with the mighty power of God tonight. Filled with the mighty power of the Holy Ghost. Fire of the Holy Ghost. Come upon them tonight. Fire of God. In Jesus' name. Fresh anointing. Come upon every one of them tonight. In Jesus' mighty name. Lift your hands to the Lord. God's using you. He's going to touch you. Hear me now. The shame of the past is gone that's what the devil tries to bring up over and over and over and over again you know why because the bible says he's the accuser of the brethren don't you allow him to make you feel guilty of what happened before tonight because from this night forward a new life has begun and you've been made new by the fire of god and you've been this is what the bible calls you a new creation a new creation So I'm telling you, get ready for the best days you've ever seen. You believe it? Amen? Hear me now. And very important to understand this. Your fulfillment, your purpose, it comes from nothing else other than your relationship with Jesus. You don't have to depend on any relationship, on any friendship. Nothing else but Jesus. He fulfills you. He gives you peace. He gives you joy. And that is how he breaks us free from every yoke of bondage. Fire of God come upon you tonight. In Jesus' name, I command you to be filled with the fresh fire of God. Fresh fire of God. Lift your hands all across this auditorium. I mean, the anointing of God is here right now. The anointing of God is here right now. <laughs> 